Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. I want to know, have you ever heard of the term sophrology? Am I even saying that correctly? I honestly don't know. I confess that I know pretty much nothing about what sophrology is and isn't, and I'm guessing some of you listening don't either. What I do know is that it's been touted as a therapeutic relaxation method, and I thought it was worth talking to someone to figure out what it entails and how it's practiced and maybe if it could help us. We've talked about meditation and mindfulness on the podcast before, and I thought this might be complimentary to that. So to help me unravel and understand it, I have with me Marianne Declare. Marianne is a Canadian expat living in France. She's a certified sophrologist and a holistic wellness facilitator who works in both English and French. So bonjour, Marianne. Hi, Tara. Lovely to be here with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. But before we get into sophrology, and I have about a million questions, <laughs> I would love to know a little bit about your background um, because it's it's nice to know who we're listening to. So, uh, how did first of all, how did you come to be living in France? What made you decide to make a move? Well, in one word, it was love. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, it's it's a longer story than that. I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada. And um, I was, I studied music, I was a professional singer there. And I wanted to spend time in France. And the first time I was 18, I spent two months here. A couple of years later, I was a nanny working for a family and taking lessons um, at the university. And I wanted to make France a part of my life. So in 2000, so like 21 years ago, I came to France with a friend and we bought a, a farmhouse, an old stone building in, the, in a tiny little village. And we worked on it every summer trying to get it back into shape. And then a few years later, I met my now French husband and I moved permanently to France in 2009 once we got married. Oh. <laughs> I love that. That's a gorgeous story. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you miss home or do you feel like you have dual homes? I think I feel now that I'm I'm really at home in France and of course mm-hmm. I still have all my friends and family back in Canada and mm-hmm. you know it's no small thing to leave all you know behind and move to a completely different place with a different culture, different language and everything. But I'm now it's been like 12 years and I'm starting to really feel like I'm at home in France as well. I'm going to get to a question in a minute where I'm going to ask you how you came to find sophrology. But before we get to that, I want to mm-hmm. know if you can help me figure out what exactly it is. Um, <laughs> you know, can you paint a picture of what it looks like and and maybe how it compares or how it differs with more traditional meditation that we think of? Sure. So the word sophrology means the study or the science of harmonious consciousness. And what it is, is a mind-body technique that combines a few different types of exercises. So there's gentle movement, sort of similar to yoga, 
breathing techniques, controlled breathing, muscle relaxation, and then positive visualizations. And all of those things are always linked to a specific intention. And when you do these things together, they can help to increase a sense of wellness, build confidence, can relieve stress and anxiety, prevent burnout. And it can really help to fulfill your potential and sort of live just a more delicious and juicy life um, where you're feeling more inspired and motivated on a daily basis. So what? And Oh, sorry, carry on. (laughs) I was just going to say in how it differs from more traditional meditation is that it's probably a more wider scope. Like there are, um, there's, it's the mind body technique. So there's body movement in addition to calming the mind. So there are, it's a two part component. And um, those, when we do these body exercises, we call that dynamic relaxation. So you are relaxing your muscles and relaxing your mind as you're doing these movements. And then by the time you get to a guided relaxation and visualization, you're in that sort of right frame of mind to really kind of go deep and um, explore your own inner wisdom. Oh, I like it. It does sound like a real in-between of yoga and meditation, maybe even I've never practiced Tai Chi, but I look at that kind of, you know, delicious, gentle movement Mm -hmm. and real, you know, intention and awareness of the movement. Um, I'm, but I, yeah, I think about when I do yoga and I'm so focused on trying to do the pose or not falling over. Mm-hmm. I'm not, there's, it's not relaxing as such. It's not relaxing until I end it and I lie down on the, on my yoga mat. But, mm-hmm. um, so I think the idea of incorporating those things together sounds, sounds wonderful. So when you're doing it, what, what does it feel like? Is it, do you get, you know, an instant sense of relief or does it, is it something that the more you do it and the more you practice it, um, there's like subtle shifts in uh, your level of of relaxation or. It's a bit of both. So sophrology feels like a time to connect with yourself where you get to relax your body and your mind. So there is an initial sense of calmness and relief And some of it might feel like yoga, as you suggested, and some of it might feel more like guided meditations that you might be familiar with. But there is that sense of calm and relaxation that comes. And then over the course of an accompaniment, so that can last two to three months, for example, um, the changes that happen are really subtle perspective changes, you learn to sort of let go of things, and you build on your capacities and your abilities um, to be more proactive in your own wellness. And there can be these breakthrough moments, you know, where things come into focus, and you really tap into your inner wisdom, your inner voice, and you learn to trust yourself, and it can give you a sort of sense of empowerment along the way. I think that's fascinating. We, I feel like the way we operate today, we are so disconnected from ourselves. We have so mm. much noise around us and 
stimulation in front of us and so much going on that, you know, a lot of people even miss cues in um, health decline or mental health decline because they're just, mm-hmm. they're, they're not tapped in anymore. They're, you know, they're existing, but they're not really connected with what they're thinking or how they're feeling. So the thought of bringing that back is, I don't know, it sounds amazing. It sounds very um, luxurious and clearly what a lot of us are probably lacking. So now I'm curious about your backstory. How did you find sophrology or did it find you? You know, where I've, I've honestly, until you contacted me, I had never heard of this. And so I'm, I'm curious to know is, you know, where did it come from for you? Yeah. So when I first arrived in France, I noticed sophrology offices when I'd go into town and I didn't know what that meant. So I asked my husband, like, what is sophrology? And he said, oh, it's sort of like therapy and relaxation and yoga and I thought, okay, well, I never really thought more than that. Mm -hmm. And then um, a few years later, I was in my last job. I was a communications manager in a vocal arts center, and there were a number of changes happening at work. Uh, We had a merger, we had a new director, and my job was evolving into something just so huge. And it was causing a lot of stress and anxiety for myself. And one day at a staff meeting, I started having a panic attack in front of all of my colleagues. And that was frightening. It was the first time I've ever had a panic Mm. attack in my life. And it was a real wake up call for me. I thought, my goodness, like, normally, I'm a fairly well balanced, you know, person, I don't normally suffer from this kind of stress and anxiety. But obviously, it was becoming a big deal for me. And one of my colleagues suggested seeing a sophrologist because she had been seeing one for a different reason, but she said, you know, it might, might help out. So I made my first appointment and right away after the first session, I did feel so much better. And then I saw her every week for about two months and she gave me homework. There were exercises to do in between sessions and I really learned how to take a step back and let go of, you know, some of the things that weren't helping me out. Um, my Maybe I had some negative thoughts about my work and my new boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it also helped to m- me to feel more peaceful in my life in general. And I found that even like a year or two or three later, I was still referring back to some of the realizations and breakthroughs that I'd had during my guided visualizations in those sessions. And that just stuck with me. And that's how when uh, three years ago, I quit my job. (laughs) Yay. And Mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to work in holistic wellness. That That sophrology Um, accompaniment just kept on coming back to me. And that's what decided it for me, really, that I wanted to study sophrology and become a certified sophrologist in in order to help others in similar situations. And also the fact that, you know, it's hardly known in the English speaking world, that it would Mm. be an opportunity to introduce it into the English speaking world. Yeah, absolutely. So who... Who would you say most benefits from engaging in it? Is it designed for people in a situation like you're in that are just 
highly stressed or anxious or is it for anyone that needs to reconnect with themselves? You know, who I guess who, who do you think benefits from it and then who are the people that are seeking this treatment out? Who are the clients that you find that are coming to you? What are, What do they need help with? Well, sophrology is for everybody and it is um, for kids, for seniors, for adults. It's used here in France. It's used in schools to help students concentrate and focus their attention and also deal with stress related to um, exams, for example. It's used in universities. It's used in hospitals for um uh, helping women who are going to give birth or people who are going through medical treatments to help them with the, the pain management or the changes in their body as they're going through their treatments. It's used in businesses for wellness in the workplace. It's used for mental preparation uh, for, say, sports teams or uh, like even some Olympic teams have used it. And um, also artistic performances, people who have stage fright can be used for that as well. Mm. Yeah, so there's a whole wide realm of uses for sophrology. Um, and it is mostly used for personal development. So more of that either stress reduction or people who are feeling just fatigued and lacking energy or just not feeling very positive about life or people who aren't sleeping very well, or people who are just feeling kind of blah. <laughs> there, mm. there's, there's been a lot of that the last year and a half with this oh, yeah. COVID thing going on. So, yeah. So will people, in your experience, use it not just uh, as a remedy, but will people use it almost like a preventative measure as well to mm-hmm. establish that connection and keep mentally well? Yeah, you know, and, to it, to avoid getting into the situation, so it, it, people practice it proactively rather than just reactively. Is that what you found? Yeah, definitely. There's both. Um, it's f- just for maintaining good health in general. Um, there, f- certainly, there are people who are using it because they are in a crisis and they need to, some tools to help them get out of it. But then there's also that preventative measure where you're learning to become the observer and that can help you to see more easily potential solutions when things come up and let's be honest things come up in life (laughs) this is life Mm -hmm. and it helps to build your resilience so that you have that perspective you have that ability to see things a little bit more objectively and be more um, proactive in finding solutions. So what's the history of it? I'm really curious about where it came from and how long it's been around and also, I guess, why we've not heard about it. Like, is Europe keeping this a secret from the rest of us? Why why do we (laughs) not know about it? Yeah, so it was developed by a neuropsychiatrist uh, in 1960. And his name was Alfonso Caicedo. He was born in Colombia, but he uh, lived and worked in Spain. And it was originally conceived in the medical field as a different way of dealing, altering people's consciousness that was a little less aggressive than electroshock therapy and insulin-induced comas, for example. Mm-hmm. 
And he started using some of the Western approaches to relaxation. And then he happened to travel through India, Tibet, and Japan, where he was exposed to yoga and Tibetan and Zen Buddhist meditation and mindfulness. And so he brought that sort of ancient wisdom from the East and mixed it with some of the Western practices. And that's how sophrology came about. And since 1960, it's literally been practiced by millions of people in France, Switzerland, Belgium, mostly French-speaking countries. And in France and Switzerland, it's even covered by extended health care benefits. Mm. And um, it, I, I don't know exactly why it hasn't gone into the English-speaking world. I have a feeling that it was really uh, brought to the forefront when it was used with some Swiss Olympic athletes, and they started pulling in a lot of gold medals because they were mentally prepared for their competitions. And that's how it became popular here in France, at least. And today, there are over 12,000 sophrologists in France. And as I said, every town has one, at least. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it's so ubiquitous here. And it's strange that it hasn't been exported beyond the French-speaking borders, but there are a few pioneers out there in the English-speaking world um, getting the word out. So if we don't have a sophrologist in a town near us, which I'm guessing a lot mm-hmm. of us won't, how how do we get a piece of the action? How can we get involved? Is it something that we can engage in at home on our own? Like, um, you know, like you might you don't need to go to a yoga class or a meditation class. You can download one online. You can find something on YouTube or whatever. Or is it something that you need to be guided by a practitioner in, like in a um, professional setting? Right. So definitely there are a few books out there that have good explanations and they have examples of exercises and some of them even have Um, exercises that are recorded so that you can listen to, say, the guided visualizations. But because it is something that is new, um, there aren't a whole lot of, let's say, pre-recorded full sessions out there at the moment. Mm -hmm. So working one-on-one or in a group setting online is a possibility. So finding someone who who does sophrology online. There are a number of us scattered around the world. And that is one way to get a full experience and really learn the tools, experience them as you're being guided through the exercises with those intentions attached to them. And you really, at the end, you can become autonomous and independent in your, in your own practice but I think it is helpful at one point to work with a certified sophrologist at some point to get the the full benefits. Okay, so you mentioned that like a virtual session and that you mm-hmm. offer them. What does mm-hmm. that what does that look like for the client on the other end? Are you do they need to be at home in a quiet space? Do they need to be you know? in loose clothing do they need does it need to be dark does it you know like what does it what does an average session involve 
Well, there is the first session, which is completely different <laughs> than all the following mm -hmm. sessions, because the first session is really sort of the intake, and there's a lot of questions. I I ask questions about general health and nutrition and sleep and family and relationships and social life and work life and all that, so that I can really get a full picture of the person. And then we go into a sample um, session where there's general relaxation techniques. And then the following sessions always follow the same pattern where there's a time for sharing and then a time to do the exercises and then a time to share afterwards on how the session felt and what sensations or feelings came up. And what's needed is, is a calm place that doesn't have to be at home. It can be at work, but a session generally lasts an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. So you need to have space and time to be calm and uh, have enough room to move your arms around. You don't necessarily need a yoga mat. Um, many of the exercises are done standing uh, and you just need enough room to swing your arms around And then some of the exercises can be done seated or lying down. So if you want to lie down, then you might want to have a yoga mat handy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily need to be dark, but it's helpful to have um, a webcam so that I can see you as, as, you're, as you're doing the exercises and have a good enough set of um, speakers so that you can hear me as I, as I speak and as I guide you through the exercises. Yeah, and I guess I'm assuming, you know, be free from distractions then so that you don't have phones ringing and people knocking on yeah. your door. And, <clears throat> and that, can, that can be a challenge because some people don't, even if they're at home, there can be a lot of stuff going on around the house, whether it's kids or pets or phones or, or spouses or whatever, mm. um, there can be things going on. So yeah, finding that space and having a bit of time before and afterwards to really get settled in and not feel like you have to rush off to um, get to the next thing, I think is important. So you mentioned the idea of teams, be they work teams or sports teams, and, mm -hmm. you know, working together in a group, is it that it works for groups because you just have a number of people all working autonomously at the same time or is there some kind of dynamic that happens within the group if people do it together why how does a group setting work I guess I'm asking yeah so group settings um depending on how the group is composed so It can be a group of people who don't know each other, but have the same specific objective, like say they mm -hmm. want to sleep better and they might ha all have different reasons for needing to or wanting to sleep better, um, different reasons that are affecting their sleep. But doing the exercises together um, can, can help the group as a whole get to that, that objective. Mm -hmm. But of course, each person is doing their own work. So I'm guiding people through the exercises and going through sort of the logical steps, um, the sequence of sessions and intentions and things that we need to let go of and things that we need to bring in and 
abilities that we need to boost and reinforce to, to build that confidence. I can do all the guiding, but then each person is doing their own work internally. And then there can be groups, you know, because I also work in businesses for wellness in the workplace. Here in France, mm-hmm. that's quite a big thing. And that can be helpful. You know, maybe there's a team, they need to work on their teamwork. So then, of course, everybody knows each other and they're building trust and confidence amongst themselves as they're doing the work. And there's a certain vulnerability also that comes with doing it together because they are sharing their feelings and um, they're sort of exposing themselves in some way. Um, But there is that sense in sophrology of non-judgment of goodwill towards one yourself and also to others, self-compassion and gentleness. And so I really try and stress that at the beginning of a group um, cycle of sessions that we are here not to judge each other and that we have mutual respect for each other and that anything that gets said, of course, in a session stays within the session. And generally speaking, people are really um, mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds really beneficial. So if we were looking to give it a try or engage with it, you... Mm -hmm. We mentioned that you're a certified sophrologist. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're looking for? I'm I'm guessing to be able to offer this wellness technique to clients, you need to have studied it or be certified. What's the what's the process to get to get certified and what are we looking for if we're looking for a practitioner? So when you're looking for a practitioner, um yeah, definitely a certified sophrologist. It's a bit it's a bit of a strange thing here in France. It is recognized as um as a profession, but mm-hmm. it is not regulated and but there are certifications which kind of give the stamp of approval that you've gone through, you know, the the right kind of school and that you have gone through, you know, the full training. Um, so looking for a sophrologist online, looking for somebody who has a qualification as a sophrologist. And there are a number of, you know, I'm sure if you just, if you search for sophrologists online, you will come across a number of them in your country. Um, but of course, with the internet, we don't need to be in the same country anymore. Mm. <laughs> in fact, I work with people from around the world. It's quite amazing. Um, there are some articles um, and YouTube videos about sophrology online, which can be helpful if you're wanting to just find a bit out a bit more. Are you, were you asking also about how to become a sophrologist? Oh, well, I guess I'm, I'm curious as in, is it, is it an extensive process to, to become certified? Obviously you were fundamentally moved by, you know, your yeah. process being a client, being a yeah. recipient of, of mm-hmm. that and that inspired you was it mm-hmm. was it a long process to get to the point of being able to offer that service to others yeah and there are a number of different schools some of them are more intense in terms of the numbers of classes and the number of hours per week per month other schools are more drawn out um, and can last anywhere from a year and a half to two years 
And um, in between classes, so much personal practice is needed. And so that's an important thing to remember is that it's not only the classroom hours, but it's also the in-between working hours. And then Mm -hmm. I, of course, I had a practicum to do at the end. And then um, I had a, a dissertation to write at the end and defend to get my certification. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's important to find somebody who's gone through the full <laughs> qualifications and um, and know that that they've they've gone th- through the full training and that they've done their practicum and that they they're fully able to work with sophrology. And where do you think it sits within the wellness spectrum? I know you and I were talking before the show before we hit record about mm-hmm. That it is not a substitution or a replacement for psychiatry or psychology. Mm-hmm. That it mm-hmm. is a complementary um, health practice. Is that where, where would you say it sits for people? Is it something they they do in tandem with their existing mental health work, or is it a place to start? And then, if you feel like people need more, you would refer them on um, to another wellness professional. Well, if somebody is undergoing some sort of treatment, whether it's medical or psychological, they absolutely need to be continuing on with that treatment as they're going through sophrology with me. Um, And definitely, if something comes up, I can refer um, somebody somewhere else. But um, it's not only for people who are going through treatments. It's just absolutely not a replacement for any treatment. Mm. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it sounds so interesting. I'm definitely going to be doing some more reading and delving into sophrology and find out some more about it. Mm-hmm. If we would like to find you and follow you online um, or find out more, because I know you've got you know, a bunch of really informative um, posts and and details on your website. Where can Mm -hmm. we find you? So my website is mariannedeclear.com. And I also have some guided visualization recordings up on an Insight Timer page. So I have an Insight Timer page, which is insighttimer.com slash mariannedeclear. And that could be helpful to just get an idea as to what those visualizations are like. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm also on Instagram where I sometimes talk about sophrology and sometimes it's more just the French countryside, but both are, are fun. <laughs> yeah, both are equally interesting. I can vouch, yeah. vouch for that for sure. Okay, and look, I will put all of your um, details and those links in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that mm-hmm. and you'd like to find out more about Marianne, then you can head to the show notes page on our website and click through and you'll be able to find her that way. Thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us. It's been really interesting. Oh, thank you, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. Mm-hmm.